your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Just, the guy just said it. I don't know why I always do that. Um, on the phone with me today is Adam Murphy. He's the, I guess, the the czar of Big Bang LLC. Is that <laughs> the Big Bang czar? I, I love it. Um, also, we call him. Uh, we could call him a political pundit. I call him a political bo- blowhard. He's going to come on here, and we're going to blowhard about politics for a little bit. Uh, and you're also a failed Senate candidate <laughs> runner. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Dude, oh yeah, right. Tonight. I just did this because I, I'm tomorrow. I'm having our our uh, w- one of our city council members on to talk about a, one of the committees. Today is committee week in the city of La Crosse, so I'm trying to get these people to come on with me and help me break down local government, which is something I, I kind of I think we could talk about because everybody has to deal with local government, whether you're over there in the Milwaukee area, I believe, and uh, us over here. But yep. um, but I I just. He, Mark Newman is, is who's going to come on with me. And he's, he's the, uh, and I said, Hey Mark, you know, along with the city council stuff, we could talk about like, we could talk it's kind of the same thing. We could talk about the congressional campaign and he ran for Congress. He ran for Ron Kine's right. seat here. And, yep. and he goes, Oh, he's like, you're opening up old wounds. And I said, well, Mark, I don't know. I don't know you well enough to be able to like call you the failed, you know, like kind of what I just did to you. Um, yep. And there's another another guy that ran for on Alaska mayor that comes on with me every once in a while, and I know him, and he has a fun sense of humor, and I so that and I call him the failed on Alaska mayoral candidate, and because he gives he gives me crap all the time. So, um, and I'm like, eh, I talked to Adam enough, I can do it, I can do it. You're a failed. I don't know how to say it the best way, like a failed Senate candidate in Wisconsin. So, like, what you technically you could have said you took like 13th place. Out of those, <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I didn't technically make it out of the. Do you know what I haven't done? Um, I'll have to see if the the um, voting records are officially up yet with the uh, elections board, and because it should show. Even though I wasn't officially on the primary ballot because I stepped out before that, I yeah. know that there were a bunch of people that wrote me in. So it'd be amusing to see if I got like you know thirty seven votes across. Oh yeah, because you got off, you got out of the race before the ballots were printed out, before early voting started, right? right? Did you yep. do that on yep. purpose? Yeah, I, Did you go? Okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna come yep. out. Okay, because we had three people, right? Three people came out, bought out of the race after early voting started, which was kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, like a week, week and a half before the election, too, where you had. Uh, Tom, Tom you know, Nelson, about in the- Sarah Gadluski, and Alex Lazary all yeah. bowed out, but were remaining on the ballot. Like my mom voted for one of those three, um, and then I was like, "Well, Ma, you could get your ballot back, but like, who wants to jump through all those hoops? You know, like just it, 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 well." And 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 there was yeah, there was no point then, and and there were a lot of people that were legitimately upset about that too. That you know, all of the balloting had gone out, that all of the work was done. Obviously, there were a lot of people that supported uh, many of those candidates. Um, and just people felt that, you know, kind of the sense of democracy was really taken away. I had made the, the argument to a lot of people for a long time how important primaries are, because only 20% of people vote in primaries, um, right? So if you really want to make an impact, your vote is worth two, three, four times more in a primary. And when, when, you know, when Tom Nelson stepped out, 
that was a, a surprising, but that just kind of started the cascade. And yeah, there were a lot of people, a lot of Democrats that I were legitimately upset. Uh, and and I'll be honest, I think kind of rightfully so. Yeah, I think I, I don't know that it would have changed, but well, and on top of that, I think I think what we what I just saw, if I was running for political office now, and saw what just happened with okay, so Governor Evers is rerunning, Mandela Barnes bows out as his lieutenant governor to run for Senate, which I guess if you're out, you can't be on two ballots, right? So you got to do this. This correct. It's got me thinking about like people that are in the assembly that run every two years, but then want to run for maybe state Senate. They have to bow. They can't be assembly person, right? They have to bow out of that and say, okay, well, I'm not going to run for that. I'm going to run for state Senate. So like these, these little guys, so to speak, kind of get, I guess they got, they kind of get, um, the shaft because they they don't have the privilege to be able to stay in their seat and then run for another seat like Brad Paff here in the third congressional is a state senator his term isn't expiring so he gets to run for other spots which I, I well I, I guess like do you earn that privilege or or should that not be a privilege because I get you're already a state senator so you already have a little bit bigger name than the assembly person but also I mean the people with two year terms kind of it's it's tough around them. I guess congressional U.S. House reps that they don't get to run for anything else either, except the U.S. House, I suppose. Right. right. Well, I it's, guess they could run. I, I, I guess they could run for like a weird off election thing, right? Like I'm a U.S. House rep, but I'm going to go run for city mayor or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had that down here in Franklin. One of the Franklin, um, one of the Franklin Assembly men was also on the Milwaukee County Board. Um, and that was allowed. Yeah, we have that too. We, Steve Doyle here is is on the county board and a, an assembly person. So yeah, yeah. So it's weird, but the two year thing is really tough, and I don't think it matters what you know whether you're talking state assembly or or the house. Uh, it, it's just brutal. You, all you're doing is running for office. Yeah, I, I I think and you know if we want to talk, there should be term limits. I also think that if there 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 also should be longer terms because I don't think two years. The way things, the way politics are now, two years isn't enough to to be able to do anything. Like, a, you're just you're probably just getting settled in into the first year, especially if you're a rookie. Um, and then and then once you're settled, you're campaigning again because your opponent's been campaigning your whole term. Seems like anyway, right? You're Jordan loving it up, you know, in preseason, and then you you sit down for you know a while. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah to do like four year terms that would be staggered every two years. I think would make a lot more sense. All right, I just want to throw this at you. Something to think about during the break. we got a couple minutes here, news break coming up. Uh, headline, get ready. Are you ready? The Dodge Chargers okay. electric vehicles fake exhaust sound is sure to divide muscle car fans. So just think about you get a, a pretty badass Dodge Charger, but it's an EV. And if you look at the picture here, this is on the Verge website. Uh, it looks pretty awesome, yep. but it's an EV. And you, I know you have an EV. I always like to bring that up. Uh, but <laughs> so the Dodge Charger has a fake exhaust sound. So just think about it. Uh, we got to take a break. Brad, you in the news. We'll be back with Adam Murphy, political pundit. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. PM 608-785-7914 is the talk at text line. If you want to get in here, Adam Murphy is on with me. He's a, he's the, I always want to say executive director, but you're the owner of Big Bang LLC. Yep. It's like a it's like a what a a computer software company. Is that the best way to describe that? Yeah, yeah. We've got a, a product that we've had on the market since uh, 2004 now. So, 
Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good gig. Seeing news lately, kind of, I don't know your take. This is a, like the the college, the student loan debt. We we've canceled ten thousand dollars of student loan debt, and there's so many different ways to to take that. I've I've been reading, you know, if you get on social media, I don't know if you've heard about this social media. There's a lot of uh, different takes on <laughs> on this. But you know, there's the one guy that 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 writes this big paragraph about I didn't go to college. I busted my butt working eighty hours a week to build my own company and. Um, instead of going to school and, and I, you know, by the, because he was a prodigy in high school, you graduated, you know, he would have graduated college early probably, but he just decided not to go, uh, built his own company from scratch, uh, but, you know, probably had to grind at it. And then, you know, probably makes a pretty decent living at that. But of course, it doesn't say what company or anything like that. But then he's mad that he has to use his tax money to pay off student loan debt for other people that made the decision. And according, apparently a bad decision to go to college and then are unable. It's like, I paid off my debts for my business, but I am unable. But you And now you expect me to pay off your debts for college. You were 18. You decided to go, and it's your fault. So pay off your own debts. Um, and, and, but then I just wonder, like, you, maybe you were in that position. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. No, I didn't have uh, – I got my first degree at 50 years old. Um, and so, yeah, I – I started my own company. I was, you know, 28, 27 when I was first independent. And, and, uh, and then, like I said, 2004, we, you know, my first employee and a patent and all that sort of fun stuff. And, yeah, I did all of that without a degree. And you can look at some of the biggest names in, you know, Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, right? Um, but I think what any of them would tell you, and I would say the same thing, is, is that there's a huge advantage to having employees out there or potential employees out there that are educated. Um, what? <laughs> and right, I know sounds crazy, doesn't it? Um, so it's it. I get it, right? And, and that that whole it seems unfair. Uh, that you know we've we've talked about this, right? I'm the data guy. I'm the numbers guy, and. Uh, you know, people have talked about the $125,000 max. You know, if you're making $125,000, you should be able to pay off your loans. And the truth is, is that most people that are making $125,000 can pay off their loans. But 87%, I think it was 87% of the people that are going to benefit from this make $75,000 or less. Um, and so it's not people that are, are making a ton of money. And a bunch of, uh, a large portion of it is also people that started college, took out student loans, didn't finish. Um, for one reason or another, regardless, um, and, and have now student debt. And the hard part there is, is that having some college is of zero value economically when we look at, um, you know, like a high school graduate versus somebody that's got three and a half years of college. You don't get credit for that three and a half years of college in, in your job for the most part. So I think the numbers that I saw were like, uh, uh, and I, I want to say it's 16%, but that might be high, um, are are, uh, are in default. But for the most part, those are people that are making, you know, minimum wage in Wisconsin, seven twenty five, um, and and we're trying to better themselves, right? Uh, and the opportunity simply didn't work out. Uh, and I think it's about 50% of people that start college actually finish uh, within six years. It's not even within four years. Um, but the, the, the interesting math, and I think this is the important thing to understand, people, there, there's two components. So first there's the, um, you know, I did it, or why should my taxes pay for, for you to go to school, right, or for, for your loans? And the truth of the matter is, is that our taxes pay for everything. 
Um, I was just thinking, I, uh, I, I was thinking, I don't think our taxes are even paying for this. They're student they're loans, not, right? Like our government is, right. is, 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 has the loan out. So our government is making money off the people that took the loans out, right? Because they're right. not able to pay. So I, I read this analogy. Uh, I loaned you $100 and I said I'd charge you a dollar a day interest until the balance was repaid. After 300 days, you've not paid me anything. So now you owe me $400 on a $100 loan. Now imagine I yeah. say I'm such a nice guy, I'll forgive $100 of that $400. Now your debt to me is $300, but the loan yeah. was $100, so you're still making $200 off of me. So I'm not for, my tax money isn't going to this. This is just the government's not making any more money off of the backs of people who went to college. Right. And that's one of the things that gets said, too, is, you know, it's going to cause more debt. No, it's already been paid. Uh, right. The government already gave people the money and went to the colleges. So the I forget what the number is, three hundred billion dollars, something like that. It's not going to cost us another three hundred billion. Right? If you lent somebody that hundred dollars and then you said, I don't worry about it, it doesn't cost you another hundred dollars. Um, so but at the end of the day, uh, the the economics of it. And, and this was interesting. And, and if I can find it again, I'll, I'll shoot you over the link. You can put it up for people. But this will pay for itself. Um, the economic impact of this is expected to be uh, a net plus to GDP of 0.1%. So super small, uh, but it's expected to actually pay for itself. Uh, so it's not going to cost taxpayers anything. I'm getting this text from, from Johnny. Most people that I know benefited from this loan. That Who benefited? Most people that I know who benefited from this loan have jet ski payments, boat payments, SUV and a sports car payment, and maxed out credit card Maybe they should pay for their student loan debt before they take out loans. Hey, Johnny, you sounds like you have awesome friends. Like you can go jet ski and get on these people's boats. And also, are they such good friends of yours that they're telling you about how many payments and that their credit cards are maxed out and that they're they're in the hole on a sports car, an SUV, a boat? I don't tell when when I have uh, a debt. I don't really. I don't. I have a radio show and. I don't really tell the audience, nor do I tell even my best friends. Man, you know what sucks? I maxed out on my credit card, and I'm, ba- I'm barely able to pay for this boat. So this sounds a little bit uh, out there, but okay. Sounds like maybe we should all hang out with your friends that got jet skis and boats. Right. Again, there are undoubtedly a handful of people that are doing well that are going to benefit from this. But again, 87% of people make less than $75,000. If you're making less than seventy five grand, you don't have a sports car, an SUV, a car, a boat, and, and a, a, a jet ski, right? The math just doesn't work. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, and, and, and I, I get the concept of it's not fair, but if, if we can step back and just look at the math, it pays for itself. Because, and here's, here's why. Um, and I'm sure that we've got to go to break in a second or two here. Five, but, we got five minutes. Okay, cool. So... $10,000 uh, over the course of 10 years at 8% interest. It means that you're going to pay about $15,000. The thing is, is that that $15,000, like you said, Rick, goes to the government. So the government's making a profit on it. But A, the government doesn't need it, and it's not being spent in the economy. So the first thing that happens is you don't get to write off the interest because that's one of the things that you can do with your student interest. So there would be on this around $4,500, $5,000 worth of interest that people would be right off, able to write off. Well, they're not, which means that they're now going to be paying more taxes on their income. So that's the first part. Then they're actually going to spend that money in the economy in some way, shape, or form, so the other $14,000 or, or whatever that's left. So when we look at spending money in the economy, 
right? That grows GDP. That's good for us in the grand scheme of things if, if we believe that the economy needs to grow. And about 25% of what we spend goes towards taxes other than income taxes. So that's going to be sales tax. That's going to be gas tax for that jet ski because we all know how much gas those things blow through, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I've, I've, I've got the, the boat that's just a hole in the water that you, you throw money into, I understand. Um, so, But it's going to be property taxes, sales taxes, gas taxes, cigarette taxes, liquor taxes, whatever it's going to be. So out of that 14000 or so, there's, there's a quarter of it. Okay, so there's another 3500 bucks. So now that we're up to $4,500 out of that 10000 that we're forgiving. Now, the rest of it is still being spent. That's going to restaurants and, uh, you know, everywhere else that it's getting spent at, which means that it's income for somebody else that they're turning around and paying tax on and sales tax on as they spend it and stuff. So that's when we get into... Well, there's into the, the economic multiplier. There's an there's another argument here is you you forgave $10,000 of my student loans and I have another $20,000 of student loans. So actually that $10,000 didn't come to me at all. I'm I just it just cuts the amount I still owe and nothing changes in my life, right? Like I'm still paying. And so it maybe didn't do enough. Well, and what I, I believe I, and I haven't seen the final details. I think they're still trying to figure this part out, but the average student loan is, is $30,000 or $31,000. So if we're cutting that down to 20000 the question becomes, if they're cutting it off at the end, right? So we're just saying, hey, the, the principal's $20,000, but you're still paying your same, your same monthly payments. It's going to be done quicker, right? It's going to be seven years instead of 10 years. Well, that doesn't do anything for us now, which doesn't strike me as the, the idea behind this. So I believe what they're they're allowing is is that it'll it'll be ten thousand off your principal. So now you have a twenty thousand dollar loan, and the loan gets reamortized. And so basically, what it means is that for anybody that's um, that would still have a loan, it would come down by about one hundred and twenty dollars a month on a ten year on a ten year loan, um, and that's fifteen hundred bucks a year, right? And so for somebody that's making forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars. That's a significant amount of money. Fifteen hundred bucks a year is not is not small, you know, small potatoes. Um, yeah, I'm looking so for. The, I think that's how they're going to do it. Yeah, I'm looking for the numbers too because I think there's. I mean, there's data here where it would say, you know, we if we forgive ten thousand dollars in student loan debt among UW students, and uh, I think I'm just looking at the wrong place. Uh, the the number of UW students that have student loan debt, maybe that's eighty percent, would wipe away their student loan debt completely. So. Um, I want to. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think it's a significant portion of, of you know, say UW students, University of Wisconsin system students that that w- that would just to totally help them. It'd be like poof, it would be gone, and then they wouldn't have to worry about it. Johnny's mad at me because he said I didn't make it. He didn't make it up. Uh, he has friends that are that are highly in debt and also getting uh, student loan payments forgiven, and also that he's a bartender, so uh, he talks to a lot of people. So he has people. Well, at his bar telling him about their debts, and then he also has friends in the same position. And they might be, and, and if they've got a decent salary, right? Because all of the rest of that stuff, the, the thing with student loans is that student loans don't affect your credit rating uh, and don't come into consideration with uh, a lot of those kind of uh, credit decisions associated with houses and cars and stuff. And, of course, you can't get rid of it in bankruptcy. That's one of the things that's really, really important for people to understand. You can't declare bankruptcy on your student loan debt. That was part of the, the requirement from lending institutions because there's no collateral, right? We're given 18-year-olds that have no money, no job, 
uh, and, and no collateral, a significant loan, but we're betting on the come if you're a craps player. And so the, their requirement to, to play in this game was, okay, they can't declare bankruptcy. They can't get rid of these loans. Yeah, I think, Republi- so, I think Republicans put that provision in saying that that's what all these kids would do is they get the loan, they get the college degree, and then they go bankrupt to take advantage of it and then and then start over anew without having to repay that loan. And uh, if you're the data's guy, and I know you probably didn't look this one up, but there's there's pretty significant data that shows none of those numbers change before and after that provision, the, the, the idea that you can't take out a student loan and then uh, just declare yourself bankrupt to, to not have to pay it off. None of that change. Right. Why, why would you do that to yourself for seven years of pain and anguish? Um, yeah. The, the well, match. I mean, Especially if you had actually gotten a degree, if you had two hundred fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt, maybe it'd be worth it because otherwise the pain and anguish is is chipping away at this yeah, because but, you, but you didn't get the job. But if you've got two hundred fifty thousand in, in student loan debt, that means that you're one of two things: you are a lawyer or a doctor, and you are making a hell of a lot more than that debt. And to go through bankruptcy as a lawyer or a doctor puts you in a really tough position. Yeah. Uh, uh, from from a, a job perspective, um, so the math just doesn't make sense. People, you know, it's the fear and the anger and, and the not fair. But if you think it out a little bit, yeah, nobody's going to do that deliberately. You're a lawyer, a doctor, you or you really haven't figured it out yet. You're still in school, right? You're, right. You're what is the, what is that? Van Wilder. You're Van Wilder. Remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're just a perpetual student. Yeah, uh, that's Adam Murphy. He's going to stick around with us. We're going to take a break. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. On the phone with me, Adam Murphy. He's uh, the, the owner and czar of Big Bang LLC. It's a, a computer software company, I think is the best way I, I'll describe it. So you're essentially a small yep. business owner. Um, we're talking about yep. student loan debt. And uh, over the break, we're still doing the show over the break. It's just nobody gets to listen. Um, I, 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 I do want to keep talking about that, but like, I want to get to some of these texts. Um, Sarge texts in, and I haven't I haven't vetted all of these, but uh, forgiving, quote unquote, he says, uh, student loans comes down to right and wrong, and Sarge says it's wrong to borrow and not pay it back. That's called stealing. Um, okay, uh, Northside Kent says, beware student loan rece- student loan receiving money from Uncle Sam. You have to pay taxes on the ten to twenty grand you get to take off your student loans. Yep, that's what. Thanks, Kent. That's one of the things I. Uh, so the the state government could change this, right, Adam? Like they could come in and go. Actually, the, you're not going to be taxed on, and it won't be twenty. Gr- well, I guess at Pell Grant it would be twenty grand, but you, uh, yep. the state, our state government could come in and say we're going to forgive student loans, and then we're going to also not tax you on the ten grand that you actually kind of don't have because it's student loans. Correct, and and it's the same thing that they had to do with the PPP loans. It's just a matter of a little bit different animal because this is forgiveness. Uh, PPP, you got the money, and then they forgave it. In this case, you got the money a while ago, and then they're forgiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the state government could absolutely do that, and they had to do that for the PPP. I'll be really interested to see if the Wisconsin GOP is willing to do that. Uh, they did it during the PPP, but everybody was, was in favor of the the, uh, the PPP program, like, you know, Robin Voss. But what did he get, 290000 $297,000. Uh, there you go. And and let me tell your, your listeners, I did as well. Right. We took advantage of it, and it helped keep my business afloat and, and my employees uh, employed. Um, so I appreciated it tremendously as well. But I had the conversation because initially it was not going to be 
or it was going to be taxed both at the state and at the federal level. Um, and so, uh, so for example, uh, say you had two hundred thousand. I'll just use a nice easy number. Um, you know, you could have been looking at an eighty thousand dollar tax between state and federal level, depending on how much income you made. Um, and and if you had spent that money and didn't have the eighty grand, then you were going to be in trouble. So I was glad that the the federal government fixed things uh, and did things the way that they had meant to. Uh, and and the IRS and the Wisconsin Department of Revenue interpreted things correctly. I'm I'm not saying that that was wrong by any stretch of the imagination, and I think that's the case now. And so I think that Congress probably has this one set up. Um, correctly, but the state level is still going to have to do it. And I, uh, if I, if I were a betting man, and I've been known to, to you know, place a wager here and there, uh, I would think that the Wisconsin GOP is not going to uh, to change the Wisconsin laws and is going to try to make it so that this is taxable as a way of, uh, basically, as a way of punishing poor people. Yeah, it's going to cost them, I think, about five hundred thirty dollars of state income tax, and they could they could meet in session, but they're not in session i guess we'll wait till the next right. till next year to do that I, I always like to bring up we're almost month six and do a 10 month uh hiatus where our state legislature doesn't do anything in session <laughs> yeah but they get paid fifty two thousand dollars or whatever it is That's well, infuriating well the other thing with uh the ppp loans um first of all we we always do that and i kind of make fun of the idea that we call it ppp because you know i'm 12 also it's called the paycheck <laughs> protection program so can you can you tell me because you went through this are the the money that you got because you're you did does that money just does it, did it have to go directly to paychecks like okay I have twenty employees I got twenty grand in in paycheck protection program loan money and therefore each employee gets a thousand dollars essentially what in order for it to be forgiven you had to document um, employee wages. Uh, the number of employees that you kept uh, on on staff, the and it could also be used for employee benefits, so health insurance, for example, so things that would be affiliated with with employees. Uh, I don't think that it could go towards the employer portion of like Social Security and Medicare, because um, and for those that you don't know, it's it's whatever you're paying in Social Security and Medicare, your employer also matches. I don't think that that qualified, so I think it had to be direct employee wages. Uh, and direct employee benefits, but you also had, I think the the time frame was like 24 weeks, and the amount that you could be lent was based off of, uh, if memory serves, I believe it was based off of eight weeks worth of salary. So it should not have been difficult to to maintain it, assuming that your business was continuing to run, mm-hmm. um, and that was really was really the goal was. Um, you know, in a scenario where, uh, like, uh, if you wanted to do the second round of the PPP loans, you had to show quarter to quarter from, uh, so year, year to year, quarter to quarter loss of, I think, at least 25% of, of revenue in comparison. Um, so there were, there were some significant requirements, especially for that second round. And, um, yes, in order for it to be forgiven, you had to very specifically prove that it was, that, that you at least maintained employees. Now, obviously, business is business. Money is money. Use it however you're going to want. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Um, right? We don't have a, I don't keep a specific pot of money sitting here to pay my employees and a different one to buy computers. Um, so money is money. But you had to, had to justify it based off of, uh, 
the employees that you kept and the, and the wages that you paid them. Yeah, I guess business could, businesses could say that they weren't making money being in business and therefore there were no profits and then all that went to, there wasn't an extra stipend to employees, it was just the stipend to continue. Right. Um, yep. keeping, That's keeping exactly the goal. Yep. Um, I always said that the better, what, okay, as a business owner, do you, what do you think of my theory? Instead of giving uh, one $1,200 check to people and, and doing the PPP loans, the paycheck, paycheck protection program loans, uh, what if we just, what if we did the $1,200 checks monthly to people and then those people went to businesses and spent money? I don't know if that would have worked because I don't know if we were going to all the businesses to spend money and therefore it wouldn't have helped businesses at all. Well, it, we, we actually did that to a certain extent with the uh, child uh, tax credit. Uh, the what was it, up to $300 a month per child up to a certain age. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what you're talking about there. I mean, you're getting more to universal basic income overall, but we, but we did it with kids. And what was, what was incredible to see when that happened is that we decreased childhood poverty by 50%. Um, that's, but, that's tremendous. But only for a couple months. <laughs> Because then we yeah, then right, we ended right. the program, and then because I think uh, we went through some loopholes where we didn't have to get Congress or the Senate to vote sixty to to filibuster to uh, bypass the filibuster, and then to to reenact the program, right? The the Senate would have had to I I, I forget the term. So there's some kind of monetary term to it that the Biden administration did that they can only do like two or three times, right? And. Uh, uh, See, now you said that you forgot it, so I've, of course, forgotten it, too. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, a rec- uh, reconciliation. Reconci- yep, yeah, that's they it. They could do it with the reconciliation. Um, um, and you're right. So, okay, so getting back to the text here, J.D. says uh, there's only one provision for not paying taxes on student loan forgiveness, and that is for a disability. Uh, everyone else is going to have to pay the tax for student loan forgiveness. Okay, that's kind of along the same line, so... Uh, apparently people with disability won't have to pay those taxes. Uh, Trumpelo Tom says, so somebody will have to pay this $10,000 and that person won't be able to contribute to the economy. Like the people that you say will be able to contribute to because they don't have to pay it to the government. So, uh, Tom is essentially getting bilked the, the tax money that is being forgiven to college students. I think that's what he's saying there. Right. And my point before was he's not right. We're not doing, we're not double dipping. We've already lent the money to them. So, Tom, you're not. If you gave somebody, lent somebody a hundred bucks, and then a few days later said, "Ah, don't worry about it. It doesn't cost you another hundred dollars." And so that's the case here: is is that the money's already gone and spent, and so this doesn't actually. And I know it sounds it sounds counterintuitive, but this doesn't actually cost us anymore. It's just that we're not going to get that revenue back, except that we are because those people now, instead of paying the government. And again, keep in mind, when they pay the government back, nothing is done with that money. It doesn't generate anything. It's not part of the economy. It's actually taking money out of the economy. Um, and so by not doing that, people are still going to spend that same 120 bucks a month if they've got it. Um, right? Obviously, those that are in default, that's a different animal. But assuming that they've got the 120 bucks uh, that's associated with it that they're already paying, that's now going to go to a little bit better car or that's going to go to, you know, McDonald's for the kids or clothes here for the start of the school year or whatever, which rolls back into the economy. And there's a multiplier effect. And that's why, and, and I, and I know it's not intuitive, but the math on this is that it's actually revenue neutral. It's not going to cost us any more in taxes. It's going to grow GDP, GDP by like 0.1%. So really, really small. 
Uh, and the other estimate I saw is that it would reduce inflation by, again, 0.1%, so really small. So it has an incredibly small impact overall and a huge impact for about 10 to 20 million people that are going to be able to spend a little bit more money. It's also going to uh, boats and jet skis. I don't know if you knew that. And boats and jet skis. Let's not forget those. <laughs> oh, hey, actually, it's already. Because uh, oh, um, one of the questions that I've seen a lot, too, is, uh, and we talked a little bit about it, uh, you know, going, it, this doesn't fix the problem going forward. And, and that, you know, people should also do other things other than college. Not everybody needs a college degree. We need more trades and plumbers and electricians and stuff. And that's absolutely true. And I would love to see this sort of thing done universally. Um, uh, right. But a lot of times when you're, you're, you know, if you're in an apprenticeship to be an electrician, you're getting paid. Uh, so it's a little bit different animal. Uh, but the other thing that's really important to, to understand when that argument gets brought up is the estimates right now are we need uh, over the next 10 years, over the next decade, we're going to need about 80,000, 80 to 90,000 more plumbers. And we're going to need about 80,000 more electricians. And this is across the country. Right now, we need half a million nurses. And with the retirement in the next couple of years, they estimate that we're going to need another half a million. So we literally need a million nurses in the next two years, whereas we're looking at 80,000 plumbers over the next decade. Um, and so it's, it's such a different scale. Um, out of the, since COVID um, started and jobs have come back, right, we're, we're unemployment's down to 3% and stuff. Um, of the jobs that have been created, a couple of million jobs across the country, only 55,000 of those 2 million, 3 million jobs created were targeted at people that did not have a degree. Now, you can argue whether you really need a degree for a lot of jobs, and that's a whole different animal with, with human resources, and I understand. <laughs> um, again, I'm the guy that didn't have a degree and owned a software company. Um, but of the jobs that were created, only 55,000 were targeted at people that had high school uh, diplomas. Um, the other, you know, Two to three million are all targeted people that need degrees. Um, so the, the scale is vastly, vastly different. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's easy to kind of get caught up in the whataboutisms. And it's like, yeah, we, we don't need a million plumbers. All right. If we had a million plumbers, um, well, they wouldn't be making the kind of bank that they make. Right. I think, uh, I think one of the hospitals here has a program where uh, they, they are paying to get nurses in degrees. So, I think you just oh, you yeah. have to stick with the hospital for a year. I, I'd like to see that more. I'd like to see, and with public education, it would be different. If we have a teacher shortage or we have teachers moving out of the teacher, uh, you know, profession, then, you know, it'd be cool to see like the state go, all right, well, what, what if we need teachers, then we'll provide that. And I guess we are starting to see that with the Wisconsin Promise Plan that was announced is the Wisconsin, uh, it's a tuition free program for, for people making under 62 grand. So we're starting to see, uh, some of this come around for people that are in low income. Uh, we have a caller here, uh, uh, 86. That's what it says on here, 86? It is, sir. Hey, hey you got um, a question for Adam? I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, so we were told for two or three generations to go to college, go to college, go to college. And <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. But now we're ask, asking everybody to get back in the labor union, get back in the laborers which need a backbone for the country to be a worker that have infrastructure to actually have a knowledge to pull wire, run plumbing pipe, and that them are pretty high-quality jobs instead of, mm-hmm. you know, are, the, are they going to get 
like a ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar deal if they decide to go into school for that. I, a lot of them go into an apprenticeship. I, I'm aware of that. I'm just curious. Uh, yep. How that's going to work for their future? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the call, eighty six. Uh, we're kind of just talking about yeah. that, right? <laughs> well, and that's and one of the things that's interesting is that the ten thousand uh, dollars or the twenty thousand for a Pell Grant. First of all, is regardless of whether you got a degree or not, and it's regardless of what kind of school you were going to. So this includes people that were going to tech schools, right? That got two year associates degrees. I, I don't think it, in, uh, it. It doesn't count for people that were going for upper upper degrees. It's bachelor degree or lower. Right, right, right. So it's bachelor degree and under. It's under 125000 in income, and it includes, uh, like I said, uh, you know, two-year degrees and, and different programs like that. So those people that are actually looking at that and, and paying for it, um, that's actually absolutely an option. And if we did this going forward, it would be interesting to see how it might change, you know, change the, the programs and, and change people's mentality. I make the argument that, Education is so critically important, and 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 86s had a, had a comment about um, you know line pulling and plumbers and stuff like that. Now, so listen, I've got a workshop. Um, my grandfather taught me how to do electrical work. Um, I can do plumbing, but you know what? I don't sweat copper pipes anymore. I don't need to because we've got PEX and we've got shark bite and we've got right. There's so many things that have made so much of this easier. Same thing with electrical work, right? It's well, so much easier. You're gonna have than to. It was. You're going to have to talk to my girlfriend's dad about that because I'm pretty sure he came over and, and sweated some copper pipes for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, hey, it still happens, right? And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an impressive skill set. It's one that I don't have. Yeah, I looked at um, it. I was again, watching him do it, and I go, wow, I don't, I don't know how to do this, and I would need a lot of attempts to practice it because I, I could right. have been like, okay, let me try, but uh, we're working on my house. We oh, don't God. want the, the, the plumbing to leak. Um, we got to take one more break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just going to wrap up here with Adam Murphy, the failed Senate candidate for the Democratic Party. Um, sorry about that. Uh, also, okay. the we, we just call him a political blowhard. That's what we do now. It's, it's fun. It was fun talking to you during the candidacy, and I'm like, yeah. And then you you went and got an economics degree. You went and got a political science degree, and then you know, like then you're kind of educated. God forbid you you got educated on some of this stuff. Uh, the idea that people. Like I, it's always funny that to to make fun of like the 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 people that needed student loan debt forgiveness because they're like coffee drinking college students. Just like man, right. there's everybody. <laughs> like it's so many people. There's so many diverse. Uh, anyway, I I, I I wanted to get to this one. We only have a minute, but uh, Joker texts in: If forgiving loan debt is such an economic benefit, then why not forgive mortgage debt equally? So just. Uh, you know, or medical debt. I, I, and part of me is like, yeah, but it's not. I don't think the government is is giving out these loans for mortgages or uh, uh, medical. So it would be little. Then we're just paying the capitalism, I think. Right. When it comes to mortgages, the thing is, is that uh, there's a collateral against it, uh, which there is not with, with student loans. It's also not something that was created by the government. A lot of the student loans and the increase in tuition, right, tuitions are four to five times inflation rates over the last 45 years. Uh, is because of the government loan. So it's a problem that was created by the government. Um, it's a problem that was, was funded and initiated by the government. Your mortgage is not. Um, and and so it's it's a different animal. Um, and again, you can't take bankruptcy for your student loans. You can for your mortgage. So if you can't afford your mortgage, 
you declare bankruptcy, you get to go on with your life, you lose the debt, somebody else takes your house, there you go. Um, I, I know that sounds kind of cold, um, but it's not the same type of debt um, as, as student loans, so it's a, it's a totally different animal. You didn't pay your student loans, so get, they take your degree. <laughs> that would be interesting. Right, right, right. They can't take your information. They can't take your knowledge. They suck the knowledge um, out of you like so, some, some sci-fi movie. All right, Adam, I really appreciate right. you sticking, around, uh, sticking, around, sticking with us this hour. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, Rick. Always a pleasure. Catch you soon. All right. We got to go. 